This episode of the A-List Podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Welcome into this episode of the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani A. Lunis, joined by Ashrod Blakely and Gary Washburn, and both of them have been struggling for most of this day. So I just thought I should take an opportunity to make fun of you guys from the beginning. Well, Kwani, <laughs> you, you, we, you owe us that because we be cracking on you every week. So that's true. Um, this, this is your opportunity to to, to get a little, little, little payback. But, but <laughs> understand, Kwani, that we will strike when you least expect it. So all right, uh, whatever. Careful. I should have recorded the struggles though, the technical difficulties. <laughs> it was a hilarious. Honestly, it was. This was not a good day for us. They don't. They're not. They're not laughing. I'm sorry. No, we're not. We're not <laughs> laughing, Quani. You're damn right. We're not laughing, Quani. All right. Let's get into the Celtics then, <laughs> since I'm sure you want to talk about them. <laughs> They've been on a roll. They're fi- have a five game win streak. They're above 500. I just want to start with your first impression. Last week we weren't really sold on this team, but now that we have had time to regroup, what do you two think about their performance over the last few games? Well, Kwani, let, let, let's clarify last week. Uh, it wasn't that we were not all I, okay, sold. Okay, I wasn't sold. Gary you wasn't You and Gary sold. were we in sold. the rent mode yes. as far as this team being real. I was I was all in, and I explained why I was all That's in. Right. I was all in because this team that we're seeing now is a team that they were supposed to be from the jump, where they had all their complementary pieces available. There's, It's not a surprise that this team is playing better because this is the version of the Celtics that they were hoping that they would see earlier in the season. But with injuries, illnesses, health and safety, safety protocol, the Celtics have not been able to be themselves. And when you look at where they are now, they've won seven of the last eight games, which, oh, by the way, was around the same time that Marcus Smart got back into the building. You look at what they're doing defensively. Not only do, is Marcus Smart the top defensive player in terms of defensive rating over the last eight games, the Celtics have the number one, two, three, four, five, top five individual players in the NBA in terms of defensive rating over the last eight games, seven of the top nine. They are getting it done at that end of the floor. Marcus Smart is a big part of that, certainly. But you start looking at just the way this team is playing. They have finally figured out how to bring it all together consistently and that's what the only thing we've really been wanting this team to do is to play more consistent basketball now are they ready to win a world championship hell no hell no but they're playing better and that's all we want well i mean i think it's a good oh here you go debbie here here you go here we go no no i mean they've been playing well taking care of their business um I thought it was a two tr- very tricky games, Detroit and Orlando, because they could have stumbled. They've stumbled those situations before, but they played well. They took care of Detroit except for the last four minutes where Detroit kind of made it, you know, into a single-digit game. But they handled themselves in Detroit. In Orlando, they really didn't play that well at all offensively for the first three quarters and then beat them by 33. That's what you're supposed to do. They came and beat Charlotte. Uh which was a good win, even though they almost blew it. But, hey, at this point, your expectations cannot be super high. You've just got to take baby steps, move forward, and get to the point where your winning games is supposed to win. Obviously, Brooklyn on the road, that's a game that it's going to be a challenge. Denver, going to be a challenge on Friday. Atlanta on Sunday, going to be a challenge. Like, they got some games coming up that we'll see what the Celtics is all about. But I'm impressed with their bounce back. And let's face it, the East is wide open. Like, Brooklyn's lost eight in a row. You know, everybody's kind of beat. Remember, Chicago's been uh, struggling of late. Miami's kind of taking an upsurge. Uh, but, the, like, it, it's there for the taking for the Celtics. We'll see what happens at the trade deadline. I know we'll talk about that later on in the show. But it's there for the taking. They cannot say that they don't have a chance here. Four and a half games out of the top spot for a team that was playing mediocre to below average basketball for the greater portion of the season. It, it's it's a great position if you're the Boston Celtics to be in because you really have not come anywhere close to just being your best 
on a long-term, consistent basis. You don't feel as though this team is at a point where, you know, oh, here comes the letdown. They, they're still on the come-up, uh, which is which I, I can't really say for certain you can say about a lot of other teams in the Eastern Conference. I think of a team like the Cavaliers, who are playing great basketball, made a great deal at the trade deadline. But I don't know if that team has another level or two they can get to between now and the playoffs. Whereas you look at teams like the Celtics, you look at a team like Brooklyn, as as, as bad as they've been of late, you know at some point Kevin Durant is going to get back in the building. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving is going to get into that Kyrie Irving frame of basketball. And maybe James Harden will be around long enough to, to help them too. Who knows? He may be on his way to Philly for all we know. Uh, but the bottom line is the Celtics are part of, I think, this, this group of teams that are surging and improving at the right time as we head into the All-Star break. And, and obviously, though, we try to you know, kind of pick up and, and take advantage of that momentum going forward. And Sherrod, you mentioned this in your full court press column, but also it's very evident that the one of the biggest things that needs to change is the end of the bench. We saw in that Detroit game, I remember at one point I was like, all right, this is a blowout. It was still on the TV. I look back up and I'm like, is the jerk going to come back from this one? So what do the Celtics need to do, whether it's at the trade deadline or just overall figuring out their roster to fix what's going on? Because the bench shouldn't come in and – eventually seem as though they're going to ruin your your lead in a game. They, it feels as though that second unit needs one more, at least one more piece, a guy that they can count on and rely on that can either give them, you know, consistent offense or a significant presence defensively. But when you look at the way that starting five is defended, it's clear that you want to have guys around them that complement what they do. And because they're playing such elite level defense, the, the, to me, it, it makes sense. The conventional wisdom says that they need another guy who can get buckets. Uh, and, and as Gary mentioned earlier, we'll talk a little more trade deadline, but there are some... The more I watch this team play, the clearer it becomes to me that they need another score. It doesn't have to be a big. It doesn't have to be a wing. It needs to be someone who can go out and get buckets because right now, the way they're defending, if they're able to defend at that level with a, with a certain consistency for the rest of the season, all they need is a guy, one more guy, that they can count on to get buckets. Because Josh Richardson, I think, has been great off the bench. But I don't feel good about him being my best source of offense on that second unit. I need to have another guy, if you're the Celtics, who can go out and get buckets. And there are going to be some guys available. And I do think that they can reconfigure that end of the bench and get some of those guys you know, in positions on other teams. Uh, to, to and bring in some guys who can help them right now because I do think the Celtics they are one piece away from being I think a team that you're not going to win a championship but you can be competitive with the top tier teams in the Eastern Conference come playoff time if you had that one more piece. Yeah, I I do think Sherrod that they're a score away. I like what Richardson's done. Um, it's interesting. Schroeder has kind of yeah I know huh. Uh, Schroeder has <laughs> yeah, played, yeah, I'm salty. Yes, Shooter has played well of late. You know, been that guy who can get buckets for him. But they need just need another shooter. Um, their defense is good enough. They're playing good D. Robert Williams went all over the floor, but their bench is their weakness. You just put those guys in, and it's obviously Emay's playing eight deep. You need another body in there, a guy who can come off the bench and, and make some buckets. Um, some th- stretch the floor, make it easier on Jason and Jalen. Um, Richardson's been one of those guys, but it's obvious. Like this ain't go. This ain't Neesmith's year. Maybe next year, if if that happens, the same with Peyton Pritchard. Like it's unfortunate. Like this has kind of been a, a waste of a year for both of those guys. But we haven't learned about. And, and it's obvious. Ime doesn't really trust Romeo entirely. Um, to really give him quality, consistent minutes. He's he's kind of been relegated to, to the end of the bench. So if you don't trust him, I don't know if you're going to give him a shot to, to, to make you make something different or change in the last 25 games when it's real critical right now. So you just got might as well get a proven dude in here. There's some guys out there that make lower salaries that are, guys are going to be dumped because they're making minimum or whatever, uh, that you can make an easy trade, I think, and just get another body. Will they be that wonder kind that you want or that guy to come in and really help you? Maybe, maybe not, but they need to make show the guys, Brad needs to show the guys, hey, I see you, what you guys have done. Here's another guy to help your cause. Hey, Evan yeah, Fortier is available. Stop. Don't. Stop. 
Stop. Stop. What? You just trolling to be trolling, man. Right. Listen. He is available. And and, and there's a reason, and, and Gary, there's a reason why. He is available. Like he is <laughs> he is single. He on bumble looking for work. You know? <laughs> he on he, he's on basketball tender right now, trying to find, yeah, trying to find a hookup. Exactly. He is he is available. <laughs> the Knicks are like Swipe, 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 swipe. You do seventy-eight million. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. There's a reason why, Gary, there's, and you know it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the thing about the Celtics though is, is that I, I like the fact that they, when you, if they were to part with some of those guys at the end of the bench, it's not like you can say that. Oh, you know, they, they just didn't have a chance to prove themselves. They had fifty some of my games, Gary. They've had yeah. damn near more than half a season to establish their value. And as much as I love Romeo, big fan of Romeo, yeah. have you know, I'm I'm like, you know, lifetime member of the Romeo fan club. He ain't getting it done. He's not getting it done. Same thing with Neesmith, same thing with Pritchard. Uh and at this point, if you're the Celtics, it's like, are there struggles because they need more time? Or are there struggles because they're just they're just not good enough? And I think that there are some teams out there that are more than willing to roll the dice on those guys and will give you something of value for you. And there's, there's one guy I is just I'm locked in on him as being the guy that I'm 100 percent sure that one is available and two, someone the Celtics should really make a, a push for. And they could use some of those end of the bench guys to get him in Boston and he would be an instant help to the issues that that second unit has. And we'll talk about him a little bit later. Oh, you gonna tease us? Okay, I'm gonna tease you. Hold on, this ain't a murder mystery. Like, find out on next week. <laughs> we, what? Gary, Gary, listen, Gary. See, this is the problem with Gary. We, we have, have a rotation. We true. have a we when have we a back, rotation. We'll show you. We'll show you who the murderer the, is. Like, dun dun dun. Like, after are you break? Right, yeah, no. and we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> This fool did this fool did a teaser on a podcast. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, Gary. You? I'm that dude. I am that dude. I am what that dude. You, man? <laughs> I am that dude, Gary Washburn. Okay, well, while we wait, our viewers are like, part. listen, I I'm at, I'm at the job. <laughs> I'm at the job. I'm uh, I'm supposed to be on break. I'm supposed to be back at work. I'm on break. And Trying you know, to wait. Tease us. <laughs> Click. You know, they ain't going to... nowhere, Gary. As long as we got Gary Washburn on, they ain't going nowhere. J-O-B. All right. All right. Hey, <laughs> listeners, viewers, tell us how, how much you love teases on podcasts. Gary is a know. man of the people. This is hilarious. <laughs> Gary, drink, drink, your, drink your whatever beverage that is. Yeah, we're not, they're not sponsoring us. But Jason Taylor, That's why I didn't say the name. I know what I know. it is. I love you to do that. So Jason Tatum was obviously named as a reserve for the All-Star game. As you both know, Jalen Brown was not. Yep. Do you both think he was snubbed? Nope. That's the obvious. Gary, thing. you can go first, girl. I'll, I'll elaborate later, but Gary, you go now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think he was snubbed. Um, I do think he had a shot. I I, I know um, LaMelo Ball is added mm-hmm. to replace Kevin Durant. Rightfully so. Tatum yeah. is now a starter, but I don't think Jalen would he missed a lot of games. The guy that had an issue was, was Jimmy Butler. Like he missed 20 games. Yeah. You know, but that's on reputation and I guess mm-hmm. it's not, recognition. You know, yeah, and like the Heat needs somebody because the Heat's one of the top teams in the East. Now, you know, I would have probably preferred Bam out of bio, but he also missed some time too. The yeah. Heat didn't have that bona fide super guy, like, okay, that's an all-star, but I thought Butler was an interesting choice. Um Everybody else I agree with. Fred Van Vliet's all-star. Like, whose spot is Jalen going to take? That's You have to ask yourself. Harden, you know, Harden's getting it on the rep because he's just, you know, he still is one of the better players in the league as much as he's had his, uh, you know, troubles and he's not had a great season. But, you know, Jalen missed a bunch of games. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's on the, on the bubble of it, but – and then the Celtics, when the coaches were voting, were 500. You ain't putting two all-stars yeah. on a 500 team. I mean, come on, man. I mean, who are we talking about here? Yeah, you know. yeah, which, yeah it, it really is kind of a what you talk about Willis moment. 
when you're trying to act, when you're trying to lobby for for Jalen to be on the All Star team, he did he did not deserve to be on, on the All Star team because his team was not that good for most of the season. Uh, to your point about James Harden, you know, beside before this eight game slide, even as as just broken down and dilapidated as the Brooklyn Nets were, James Harden was still putting in work. Uh, he was still playing at the level where you could say he was one of the top 10 players in the NBA at that point, even if his numbers didn't suggest that uh, they weren't as lofty as we've seen them when he was in Houston. But he was still making a significant impact on that team. Now, the, the one guy that I, I I don't know where you would have put him, but I definitely felt he had an all-star caliber stretch was Jared Allen of Cleveland. Oh, Jared I, Allen. Yeah. That, that to me was the one. If, yeah. if there's a guy that should feel a little bit snub, he's the one. When you look at just the historic numbers he's putting up in terms of scoring, his field goal percentage, his rebounds. I agree with both of you. I think, one, Celtics fans are spoiled because the last few seasons they had a better shot of having multiple players in all-star games. But also, I also think that this is going to obviously motivate Jalen Brown more for next season. Every year that he doesn't get in, it seems that he comes back with a little more fire. So if anything, it is a win in some senses for the Celtics because he'll be more motivated for next season. Going forward, though, for Jalen Brown, he's got to remember that as good as he is, there's another cat on that roster not named Jason Tatum who's going to be sniffing at that all-star spot going forward, and that's Robert Williams. Time Lord is balling out. When you look at the way he is playing and you look at just the, the Eastern Conference centers, I mean, he's going to be in that conversation going forward if he continues to progress the way he is. The scoring around the basket, the defense, the rebound. The one thing he needs to develop, and I, and I tweeted about this the other night, he needs to develop a baseline jump shot. Because when teams are playing that zone and he is either at the top of the key or he's near the rim, just outside the paint, He's passing up that shot and keeping the ball moving when, damn it, you're good enough to knock that shot down. Um, he starts knocking that shot down. That all of a sudden forces teams to get out of that zone or it forces that zone to shift in a way that it doesn't want to. And that's what you want if, if you're Robert and you're this Boston Celtics. He's going to be in that conversation. Uh, there's no doubt about that going forward. Uh, and so, again, it's, it's interesting to see how the Celtics are going to just kind of really pivot off of what they do this season going forward because they've got some pieces in place to be really good and really quick back to being in that top tier in the Eastern Conference. And by top tier, I mean like top four-ish type teams. Yeah, I mean, I like Robert Williams. He's having a good season. Uh, I think Don't be so know, excited about him, Gary. Damn. I, I just think, honestly, there was two plays last night against Orlando. Robert's got to be more offensive. Like, He's got to um, he's got to shoot the ball, like you said. Like there's a couple of wide open shots he passes up, and he's got that slow delivery jumper. Um, I think that uh, what he has to do is to learn how to get a quicker release, spend the summer working on like his offensive game, just getting basic jumpers around the key, like an elbow jumper. A side jumper, just boom, working on a hook shot. Like, that's the next step for Robert Williams. Um, he's proven he can play defense at this level. He's proven he can jump and dunk on somebody. That's no problem. He proves he can be an uh, impact defender. Now it's time for Robert to spend the summer taking just with the, the cliche, a thousand jumpers a day. Like, just around the key. Don't take no threes. You're not ready for all that yet. But just that Boom, when he gets open, oh, let me knock this down right here. Like a guy, a model for him should be Bam out of bio. Bam out of bio can hit that elbow jumper. Right? That's his that's his bread and butter. You leave him alone there, he's gonna hit it. Robert needs to put more concentration and speed up the shot because by the time he releases it, like somebody up on him. So uh that's my thing. I think Robert's having a nice season. I don't think he's at an all-star level yet. Like, let's not get yet, carried away. Yet. Yeah, he's averaging 10 and 10. That's good stuff for Robert Williams. He's been one of the best players on the team this year, but there's so much room for potential improvement with Robert Williams. And, um, you know, I think his, his uh, sky's the limit for him. I don't even think he has to go so far as Bam out of bio. Hell, I don't even think he needs to leave the damn locker room. Al Horford should be the guy that he bunks with this offseason and develop Al's type of bunks offense. With? Because, hmm? Bunks with? 
You know, spend the summer with him, Gary. Oh, this is no, so Gary. It's not summer camp. This ain't summer camp. You camp or something. <laughs> settle down, Gary Washburn. Settle down. They settle get, down. They get fruit. They get fruit punch and, and sandwiches and at lunch. Potato chips. <laughs> see, <laughs> this is see. This is why we. This is why we can't have nice things. Table, eat, eat Doritos. <laughs> with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him to death. You know damn well what I meant. Al, Al living in Dominican. They ain't going to be dunking in Dominican or bunking. They're going to be on some beach somewhere with a basketball The point is Gary Washburn. He can model his game after Al. He doesn't need to necessarily go way the hell down to South Beach. That's not bad. But Al's game is perfectly suited for what Robert Williams needs. Think about it. I mean, Al, that dribble drive, kick it to Al on the baseline, knocks down a little little 15 for a baseline jumper. That's all Robert needs at this point. He needs to add at least one piece to his game offensively and then build on that. Because right now, all he pretty much is is just lob dunk, lay up, put back. That's pretty much his game offensively. And that can only take you he, so he far. Hit, he started to hit his free throw. So he has the ability. He is not Dwight Howard or Shaq. Okay. Right. He doesn't have True. this like. You know, uh, basketball. Uh, you know, like, that, like well, not, that, that's that, that's the Kimbe. What you doing? What are you doing? That, no, uh, that, uh, like a caveman. Uh, you know, like, no, he, he has, has that's the Kimbe. Yeah, he has an honest release. He can hit free throws. The fact that he can hit free throws is a great sign that he could be a good jump shooter. It just needs to speed it up and work on it. So, oh, you're right, Gary. With, yes, he'll get with Al at some beautiful gym on the coast of the Dominican PR. Republic. And, and 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 stay at his high end hotel and bunk together. And, and, and could be no bunk. Now he, he probably has a house in DR. I would imagine Al would. Have no, I'm talking about Robert Williams would be in oh, some Robert, nice yeah. hotel. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, not even getting that far into camp, I want to imagine that this season has hopefully been the perfect way for him to just soak up all the game from Al, not only on the floor, but I'm sure Al talks to him on the side and in the locker room too. So if Obviously, if a, a summer camp situation were to come into play, I can imagine that his season next year will already already look significantly good. Go ahead, Gary. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, I think Al's a good role model. And um, <laughs> I think it's been a, a nice year for Robert. Uh, and we can get off the Robert Williams topic and talk about go. the other all, all other aspects of the team. But breakout year for Robert Williams. Work on his offense in the offseason. Work on his uh, strength. So, mm-hmm. so dudes like Embiid and some of these big centers just don't throw him around like a rag doll. And I think he's taking that next step. So before we get to Sherrod's tease that I know the listeners are patiently waiting for, we, of course, have to give a shout-out to BetOnline.ag. As you both know, the Super Bowl is right around the corner, and the final game of the NFL season is here. So, of course, BetOnline has you covered from odds, scores, totals, player performance props, to even where the next fired head coach will end up landing. BetOnline is the number one. It will one be Belichick. It will be black. I mean, Brian Flores <laughs> might return to New England. We, we know. know. We know that's for sure. They had no brother. I mean, they might be multiracial, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> Bet online does have you all covered. <laughs> I never heard. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it's okay. We'll get. We'll, we could get into that actually. But it's not just about football. Bet online has basketball, hockey, baseball. Not yet. Eventually, boxing, UFC odds coverage, and they're the best in the business. From sports, right down to your favorite. Vegas casino games, they have it all. So if you haven't used it yet, use the promo code CLNS50. That's where you can get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the games start. Exactly. And, and that gives Gary an opportunity to bet on his favorite team, the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow. sure. Uh, you See, know, let's go with that. We but, we can we can. Have you heard of multiracial before? Since we're already on the topic, I've heard the term before. I have never heard it used. So the it reminded me of like the culture first to himself as multi. I don't know. I I just heard. Yes. I've seen the memes and uh, the jokes on Twitter. 
the coach refers to him as multiracial. Yes. He refers to himself. Okay. Yeah, so the, the Dolphins' new head coach now, uh, apparently Mike McDaniel, he refers to himself as multiracial instead of biracial, which is the technical term because his father, from what the pictures I saw, his father is black and his mother is white. So that was a very interesting development over the last few days. Yeah, not, not development. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But back to basketball. Sherrod, we've been waiting, so you just have to tell us who you think the Celtics should pick up at the trade deadline. The guy that I think they can pick up, and it won't cost them, I don't think it'll cost them anyone within their core, is Terrence Ross in Orlando. Um, Terrence, right now, Terrence is not having the greatest season in Orlando, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's been stuck in Orlando, and that team sucks. And it's like Evan Fournier got his get-out-of-jail-free card from Orlando. Why can't I? Terrence was – remember, Terrence was in Toronto, and he was playing great. Mm-hmm. He is a guy that clearly, I think, could benefit from a change of scenery, and he has certain skills that this Celtics team could definitely benefit from. He is a guy that is a, is a consistent double-digit scorer, whether he's starting, coming off the bench. If you know you're going to get 10 to 15 points per game from a guy like Terrence Ross, who you know – again, scoring is what he does – that's going to take a lot of pressure off of Ime. He'll, he, that'll take a lot of pressure off Jason and Jalen. They'll have another guy that can go out there and get buckets. And Josh Richardson, who I think is going to, you know, if, if they trade Schroeder, which I think they will, Josh will be playing more of the playmaking role off the bench. And that would allow, if you bring in a guy like Terrence, to play off the ball, which I think he's very good at. So I, I think that's the one guy that of all the names I've been hearing out there and, and all the names that that – scouts have mentioned to me and, and and his name makes the most sense in terms of what he brings to the table it won't cost you a lot and he keeps the train moving uh with your team as far as who you're about and he's, he's not going to really significantly impact your salary cap or anything like that um he's got a couple of years left but he's making it pretty much the same money as josh richardson so it's not like you're you know you've got this long-term you know albatross financial uh thing that you're adding to the mix so he, he to me he's the one guy that makes just the most sense for the celtics to really be aggressive uh and in pursuing and not, and it's not going to i think significantly impact your your fortunes short or long term hmm. that's fair gary have you had anyone in mind as we've been talking about the trade deadline over the last few weeks that you think would fit into yeah i talk? do but i'm gonna wait to the end of the show to reveal my da, 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 so my petty. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> um, I think Terrence Ross would be the uh, best case scenario, I'll say, mm. uh, for someone that they can get. Now, Orlando's going to have a – like, they've already had a fire sale. They traded Aaron Gordon in 48 last year. Um, they're just going super young. They're terrible this year. They're headed for another lottery. Um, you know, they're just trying to get young. So they're going to want – a Romeo, maybe they're going to want Neesmith. I don't know. You know, like they're going to want more young bodies and probably a first round pick for Terrence Ross. Do you trade another first round pick? You can't trade this year because you trade last year. Do you give them a 2023 first rounder uh, for Terrence Ross? I'm sure that would make Orlando interested. I think that'd be best case scenario. He kills the Celtics. He's a, he's a, his nickname is the human torch. So he can light it up. Great now, I think nickname. The, I like the that. thing about Terrence Ross is you put him in a winning situation. He's never really – he won a little – some in Toronto. But Orlando, he's just playing on bad teams, eighth-seeded teams over a couple of years. Like, he's never played big, big games. You know, he's never had a chance to shine. I think you give him a chance to really, really shine – I think he'll flourish. I think that would be a great pickup. You put him around better players in a winning situation, he's going to become someone you can re- rely on um, for years. Um, yeah. You know, should they go after a guy like a Kent Bazemore? And I'm just throwing that name out there. The Lakers are looking. To, he's not playing with the Lakers. He's a veteran who could hit threes off the bench and defend. He's kind of like a a higher-budget Romeo He's Romeo, worst case scenario. You hope he doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Like an upscale Romeo. Yeah, no matter yeah. how you say it, it always sounds mad rude, even though he's I know a, he's a it's, it's, Romeo <laughs> where you hope Romeo is better than that at that yeah, age. Yeah. But he, he Quaddy, stop I'm it. Sorry. 
He's like Big Brother Romeo. He's like Big Brother Romeo. Yeah, you hope Romeo is better than that at that point in his career, but he might not be. He might become a Kent Bazemore, where Kent got a check. Kent got 4-72 from the Hawks uh, years ago. He's bounced around, but he's not playing for the Lakers. He's a kind of veteran that knows how to play, come off the bench. He's played for the Warriors. He's played in big game. Like, you know, like, that's a guy, if you want to get a guy on your roster to help, you have an open roster spot, like, do that. Do that. Get a dude who can hit some threes, defend. He's in a new situation because the Lakers are just giving up on him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a that's a guy, like, if you're going to buy low, if you're going to buy a guy, get a guy, and it's not going to cost you a whole lot, he's a guy I probably would go after. I mean, you can talk about Buddy Hill, Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. All these dudes are going to take first-round picks and other things. Um I don't know if Brad's going to willing to sacrifice how much of the future does he want to take on another bad contract. But I think like a Bayes more, because there's going to be a lot of these guys that are just going to be out there with the trade deadline, people looking to clear roster spots. And a lot of guys uh, like the, on the Lakers who signed for the minimum just to try to win a championship and they ain't worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, to your point, Gary, um, there's going to be opportunities to add guys and not have to devastate your budget, your cap situation to do so. And and I, when you talk about guys like Buddy Hill, you know, those are the type of players that you add to your roster when you have a significant hole in your lineup to fill. And I'm not sure if the vacancy that the Celtics have is a good fit for a Buddy Hill type. He'll come in and he'll do good work, but the impact on your salary cap versus – or excuse me, relative to the impact he makes on the floor, I'm not sure if those two things balance out. Um, I think you're paying a lot more. You're going to get less bang for your buck with a guy like Buddy Hill, who's, again, great shooter. But the cost, the actual cost that you're going to have to pay to have a guy like that in the fold and the production that he's going to be able to give you, and not so much because he's not good enough, but because he's just not going to get, I think, the kind of minutes that a player making that kind of money who you want to make an impact is going to get because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they ain't going nowhere. They're going to log the majority of the minutes. And I'm not convinced that having him on the floor with those two is a, a viable uh, option. Uh, there are times where it can work, but I, I, I just don't. And even if he, if he is on the floor with them, who's, who's, who's got the first shot? Who's got the second shot? Oh, then we're going to come to you, buddy. So again, I, I, I get it why there's a lot of interest in a guy like that. But to your point, Gary, I think I think for them in this particular group, it's better to buy guys who can just kind of fill a need for the moment who aren't going to devastate your future. Another guy is, uh, sorry, Kwani, Justin Holiday, yeah. Indiana yeah. on a fire sale. He makes $6 million this year, 6.2 next year. He comes cheap. Now, yeah. you know, don't give up a number one pick for Justin Holiday, but he's a guy – Swing man can come off the bench, shoot threes, put him in a winning situation. You know, um, you know he's Drew and Aaron's brother. He's a, comes from a good family, turns a basketball professional guy, and you know put him in a winning situation too. Just the same, and he comes cheap. Six, he's making six million there this year, six million next year. So he's a guy you might want to place a phone call to Indiana and go, "What would it take to get us?" That's the kind of guy you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and just to kind of piggyback off of what Gary's saying, if you notice, uh, as we talk about these different players, there's a, there's a common thread that most of them have, and that is this: the teams they play for suck, and right. that's when you're looking to add like good talent at a at a at a you know kind of minimal cost. That's where you're going to find those guys, uh, guys who are who are languishing on crappy teams. They are more than happy to get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, I I mean. You know, if, if Terrence Ross found out like tonight that he's being traded to Boston, the Celtics, they just all they got to do is just open the keys to the practice facility because he's probably on the first plane. He can get out of town to get to Boston. You ain't got to worry about oh, we, we got to have a and conversation. Remember, folks, Terrence Ross is from what city? Tell him, G. Come on, Kawani. L.A. <laughs> I don't know where he's from. Is he from Toronto? No, he's from Portland. Well, I was just going to throw city. Where's the head coach from? Where is the assistant coach from and half the staff, Portland. if not more? Portland. Terrence Ross the, was a 
a superstar in Port High School basketball player, played at the University of Washington. So he knows Isaiah. Connection there. Terrence Raw, there's connection there. Mm -hmm. Portland guys are deep, stick together. So that would be another draw for a guy like Eme to try to mm -hmm. go out there and get a guy like Terrence Ross. He comes to a family of people that right. know him, that probably right. know him since since he was a superstar in high school. Because those guys, I mean, Portland, if you look up their lineage, David Stoudemire, the great Terrell Brandon. People do not do, do not remember who this dude was. Young people, Google Terrell Brandon. Cleveland nice. Cavaliers. Cavaliers, all-star. Yes. yes, just like I would say like Dame Lillard before Dame Lillard, just a tough Thick guy, but his knees injuries, gave out on him. Injuries yeah, crushed his, his career. Knees, um, his knees gave out on him about eight or nine years into his career in the late night. But Terrell Brandon played at Oregon, uh, the same places. So Portland guy. But you bring Ross, that's a that's a connection there. Ross is yeah. from Portland. So and believe me, living in the Pacific Northwest for a while, them cats all stick together and they all know they each other. They do, they're very close. Yeah. yeah, and to so harp on Sharon's point about Ross and even Bazemore, a lot of the you look at Ross's numbers, and when he was in Toronto, he played pretty well for not being a starter. Orlando, his numbers went up every year, but then there's a point where it drops because obviously you're in Orlando, the team isn't doing well. So to the point of the gym being open for him, I'm sure any player that is not getting the minutes that they want and could just contribute in any way without having to be a star would obviously fit very well into this roster. So I'm sold on that. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I just, you know, again, as, as someone who's watched him absolutely torch the Celtics time and time again, uh, it just makes a lot of sense to try to add him in the fold, particularly where you are at this point in your growth and development as an organization. And to the point that Gary made earlier about just, you know, getting in a winning situation, you know, we, as, as much as we talk about how great, Isaiah Thomas was when he came to Boston. He wasn't exactly coming from basketball royalty. I mean, he played for the Kings. They sucked. Uh, he played for Phoenix. They weren't much better than the Kings. And he comes to Boston. No one really knew exactly what he was going to provide other than maybe a nice little backup for our young emerging point guard, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart gets hurt. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. And, and I think Terrence Ross is cut from that same cloth. Uh, I, I think at when he, you know, in Orlando, I think that at some point he thought that maybe we can turn this around. But right. then he looks around and he sees, and they, damn, Fournier got his get out of jail free card. Aaron Gordon got his get out of jail free card. Damn, Vucevic got his too. Damn. Yeah. I'm a. There's nothing around me, and 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 you know, Jonathan Isaac, who I think will be a very good player if he can stay healthy. Again, can't stay healthy. So if you're Terrence Ross, you're looking at the and you're looking at your own basketball biological clock. You're not going to get many more chances to be in winning situations. So for him, uh, it would be a great change of scenery for him, and I do think he would thrive being around a team of good players because he hasn't been. I mean, he has to go back to his days in Toronto. You know, when he's playing with you know Demar Derozan and MCAS, the last time he played with a really good team of players, not just a couple of a good team. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm all in on that one. So we're looking ahead at this Celtics schedule again. We looked ahead at it last week, and they came out with the wins. Brooklyn is up next, which is where I think eventually the two of you were able to finally make it. Then they're followed by Denver and wow. Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, Kwani, we we yeah we we finally made it. We hitched a couple rides, you know. <laughs> it's tight. You know. Thumbing on on on, on I nine. Gary yeah. does not want to talk about it. He's just like no. Yeah. <laughs> the two flights canceled. The third delayed. So I was like, damn. What? I didn't know something was going on in New York. I don't know what the. What was going on? on? Was it just the weather? It's, I think it was like traffic issues in LaGuardia. I was flying into LaGuardia. Should have flown to Newark. Yeah, they should have flown to Newark because that's New that's New Jersey. Um, I mean, that's what Car yeah, Anything would have done. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's exactly what Kyrie would have done. Exactly. That's all you want to do in your life. What would Kyrie do? <laughs> and then follow that. You have a successful life. <laughs> I'm glad you both made it safely. <laughs> but what do you think about this Brooklyn game? I don't feel good about this one for the Celtics. I don't okay. feel good about it at all. Okay. Bro Brooklyn, Brooklyn has been so bad that you know at some point all the stars are going to align and they're going to put it together and they're going to beat the crap out of somebody. Yeah. 
And I, I feel it's going to be the Celtics. I hope I'm wrong. I really do because I don't like their team. But I respect the fact that they got some of the baddest guys on the planet. And even if some of those guys are out, there's still going to be a team that that's, again, remember the blueprint for, blue, for, for Brooklyn before they got their big three? They played hard. And most of the guys that they had are cut from that cloth, you know, the Bruce Browns of the world and guys like that. So it's going to be a tough game for the Celtics. And I, I, my biggest fear isn't so much how good Brooklyn will be, but if the Celtics start kind of feeling themselves, looking at this, this winning streak, looking at their record, we got the best defense in the NBA the last eight games. You look at the top five defenders in the NBA, they, that's our starting five. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Brooklyn is not going to just let you roll up in their building and beat them. They just not that they're not built like that. So I hope the Celtics are bringing the same type of focus, energy, effort, and attention to detail that we've seen the last five games, really seven of the last eight, um, because they're going to need that to win. Yeah, um, I, you know it's a definitely a tough game. Even though they've lost eight in a row, Brooklyn's going to come home. They're going to play hard. Um, but this is a Celtic game the Celtics need to win. They got to win these games. Harden is questionable. He hasn't played the last couple of games. No Kyrie because the game is in Brooklyn and yep. Kyrie ain't allowed to do it. Yep. And KD is out. So you're talking about, you know. No Joe Harris. No Joe Harris. No uh, Marcus Aldridge. So you're talking about like. Nobody. James jo- yeah, James Johnson. You're talking about. By the way, I'll be playing in that game, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn needs help. Okay, Kwani. Uh, that's inspiring. <laughs> that's inspiring. Um, so, look uh, if you look, I said James Johnson. Uh, perfect. They got pros on their team. Mm-hmm. Blake Griffin, Patty Mills. Who <laughs> we didn't see Patty put it on the Celtics many times. Um, DeAndre Bembry, Bruce Brown. Like you know, they've got guys who are going to play hard. They're at home after a long road trip. So tough game for the Celtics. You'd like to think, since they're fully healthy and they have everybody back, that they could go in and take care of business and get up out of Dodge and get back home, get a couple days off. But this will be a tough game. They can't fall behind 20-6 to or something like that. They got to punch first. Like, they have to make a statement here. National TV game, right? I think it's TNT game. Um, so. Yeah, so national TV game, the like the, the basketball world is watching because they ain't paid attention to Celtics in a minute, and they oh damn the Celtics won, you know shoot they back in the race again. Let me see what's yeah. up, and then they turn around and, and lay an egg like this wouldn't be a good look. And but you got three tough games: Denver on Friday, mm-hmm. Denver as I've repeated many of times, beat Milwaukee by thirty six in Milwaukee. So don't look the past them. And then the Hawks have already beaten them twice, right. even though the Hawks struggled a little bit of late. So a big stretch for the Celtics, a way for them to, to push forward in the East or be like that you know, team that's going to be the 6 seed. Right now, if you're the Celtics, your goal by hell or high water is to avoid the play-in. You put yourself in a position now where you can avoid it if you play well enough in the last 20, 26, 27 games. You've done well enough to now put yourself in a position to get sixth or fifth or even get a home because we don't know what Chicago, you know, some of these teams, Philly's rising, Brooklyn is stumbling, Milwaukee, Miami, you know, we don't know what some of the Cleveland, we all are waiting for Cleveland to fall. Cleveland yeah. ain't falling, you know, but who knows? Like somebody's going to go through a little losing streak. The Celtics right. have to take advantage of that. They have to keep putting this together. And keep they now their goal is okay. Let's screw this playing stuff. We don't want to be the seventh seed. Let's get mm-hmm. to six, five, maybe even four. Wow, I'm with it. The East is still up for grabs, so there's no one that's really solidified their spot in the East. And the Celtics can boost themselves up if they're motivated enough to do so. Very true. Very true. I'm excited. More excited than Gary, for sure. But I'm excited about this team. Yeah, wow. Enthusiastic. They're well, number six. The They're number well. six. They're number yeah. six. I'm not, I, I said, I think <laughs> that they played well. Yeah. Um, 
had some not so great competition, mm-hmm. but they took they took care of business. They yeah. they bounced back from that loss to Atlanta. Yep. And they came back, beat Miami what they're supposed to, because Miami short had it, beat Charlotte, and then took care of a tricky two games because they could have easily lost either one of those games. We've mm-hmm. seen Detroit just beat Cleveland last week. Orlando, um, I think, knocked off somebody a, a week before or a week, like maybe Chicago or someone. I mean, I saw them play Chicago all the way to the final minute at Chicago, and they lost, but they played really well that game. So I thought that it's going to be a trap trap game, either one of those two, and they took care of business. Yeah. So that's a good sign for this team. Take your all your opponents seriously. Well, let's see what they do against a level up competition. Yeah, that's fair. True. Well, I think that's it for the pod this week. We've gotten through a lot of conversation. <laughs> before we go, Kwani, what you got coming on NBC Ten? Before we get, oh my gosh, I'm glad you asked. So on Wednesday, <laughs> wait, Gary, did you see today, that? <laughs> Y'all are so rude, okay? Stop trying to kill my enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, my God. Go ahead, Kwani. Oh Tell us. Oh, my God. Thanks for asking. Well, first off, my birthday is coming up. So, obviously, that's the priority. We if didn't you know that. Heard, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard already. <laughs> On where's Tuesday, the, I'll be where's on, the, where's the, It's Kwani Lunas. Kwani A. Lunas. Kwani A. Lunas. On <laughs> all of the platforms. <laughs> So corny. <laughs> can I get to what I'm up to though? So Tuesday, I'll be on the hub today yes, doing an activity package. There was a ch- trip to a pole dancing class. There was a trip to uh that's that's a, t- a TV. Wait, time out. Did um, Bunny just say yes, she took yes. a trip to pole dance class? I pole dance for television. <laughs> well, not really because they Gary. they edited a really classy. Gary. <laughs> this is what we're trying. This is what we try to, 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 to uplift us from. Are we pole dancing on TV? I can't. I can't. I mean, I want to so watch it. Get me wrong. I definitely want to watch it. Damn. I can't. I can't. Just go ahead, Quanti. Pole dancing. Lord, volleyball and what else did we do? Oh, and ping pong. <laughs> it was indoor volleyball spot in Boston. Y'all see it? The whole conversation is going to derail now. And then on Wednesday, I'll be interviewing Ashley Battle. She's a scout for the Celtics, but also played for UConn and in the WNBA. So her story oh, should be really interesting. And then that's, I think that's what I got going on for the week. What about you two? Nice. Definitely not pole dancing. I, 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 I don't have anything nearly exciting <laughs> as, as pole dancing. I can guarantee that. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, just usual content for, for Ebony uh, and, and also for Bleach Report. Uh, got a story coming out just kind of looking at the whole Ben Simmons saga and just some five factors to keep an eye on as the Sixers try to just, frankly, you know, move them at the right that ship that has sunk badly. Um, yeah. And, and also, you know, and again, just usual Garden Report stuff for CLNS Media. And, uh, and that's pretty much it, what I got going on. What about you, G? Um. The trade deadline Thursday, so that should be uh, interesting. Next Hopefully couple of days. Hopefully, it's eventful. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what the Celtics do, if anything, and and uh, we'll see what, what's on Brad's mind over the next uh, seventy-two hours. Also, uh, this weekend, Mike Shashevsky makes his final trip to Boston. As it's not like you know Duke and BC have been longtime rivals, but it is his final. They trip. have. It is. It, 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 it's his final trip to Conte Forum. The place, you know. He's whipped that ass so many times. Okay, so can I take times. the last game that BC and Duke were playing at the t- uh, Conti Forum? I was there. Tatum was there. And the next day I saw him at a Celtics game and I told him BC should have won because they should have. Even Shusevsky admitted it at the, ga- at the end of the game because BC played really well. So I just needed to be known that we had potential at one point, <laughs> even though we lost. Listen, I think BC's they're better. They're you know they they'll they'll push them. I mean, you know, BC's like a lot of teams; they're just growing and young or whatever. But yeah, I will be at Conte Forum on Saturday for Shashevsky's last game. Then a good chance to look at the Duke team. I really uh, the, the 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 
Oh, and BC too. Uh, Thank Kwan. you. You covered Boston. All the, all the all the NBA prospects on BC. I'll look at those too. Thank but you. I do get a chance to look in person at Pablo Manchero, the potential number one pick in this draft. I've I've heard about him since he was about fourteen years old. I heard from uh, you know we got people in Seattle because he's from Seattle about like this is the dude who might be the best ever to come out of Seattle or one of them. Um, and he has obviously lived up to expectations, should be the number one or two or three pick. I know there's uh, the Chet kid out of uh, uh, Gonzaga and then Jabari out of uh, out of Auburn or like the two, three are kind of fighting for top three. But it'll be interesting to see him in person. He looks like he's got already got an NBA body. He's a big kid. So I'll be fascinated to see um, – how he looks, you know, in person, whether he could play multi-positions, his athletics, just get a good look at him. I remember several years ago I went out when, unfortunately, our, our man Jabari Parker was at Duke, and they played BC to see, and, and um, Krzyzewski had him playing center uh, his freshman year, and just to see how good he was, and he was very skilled, unfortunately. You know, unfortunately for Jabari, injuries really robbed him. It's hard to tear your ACL twice and still – have any kind of athleticism left, but uh, that's you know one of the few last times I might have been to BC um, was for that game. Basketball, been it's, football game. It's, it's the same. Yeah, no, nothing's changed. Basketball at BC is, is the same as it was ever was. I'm gonna kick off my birthday weekend with a BC win over Duke. Let's go! Yeah, let's all go. Five o'clock on Saturday, so yeah. it's not a new, not one of them early games. Where it's like, damn, y'all played already. Like five, five o'clock. So be there, be, be square. And, and the Boston fans should support the local teams. Fill the Conti Forum. You know, I mean, hey, it's a great place to watch a game. It's a cool college arena. Gary's so, trying to convince himself that he wants to go to this game. Oh, I do. I, I mean, I, I said I was going to go this year, and yeah. this is the game. It's perfect. So that's, my, that's what I'm up to. Keep my word. Keep my word. I'm going to look up tickets and, and figure something out. Some you got no alumni yeah. thing hooked up? They don't, nah. they, don't, they don't love me. Damn. Like, my school don't love me either. I hear you, Kwani. <laughs> wow. My school don't Why love they me Why do you got to do it like that? I don't know. Sherrod gets kicked out. Well, we're almost done. It's cousin Tay Tay pulled that wire. It's cousin Tay Tay. I'm going to hurt you. Uncle Sherrod, what's this? Clay? You don't need this. Girl! I hate you. I hate y'all. I hate y'all. Don't don't well, do that because you because you Bernie Mac. <laughs> you know, choke, uh, choke them kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> While your Wi-Fi is cleared up, though, it looks really good now. <laughs> I didn't now, mean it. It's now, now before now it was Jack. Now you troll. Now you trolling. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was Guys, not appropriate. It's been a podcast. Rap was Kwani. It's been a great podcast. For Gary Washburn and H-Rod Blakely, I'm Kwani A. Lunas. You're listening to A-List Podcast. And remember to subscribe, write a review, and send this to a friend. We'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>